This is the Born Offside Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the World Cup, football, weird analogies, war, and saying goodbye to Germany. Like us on Facebook. Slap your friend in the face, and then tell them to listen to it. We are back and we're properly back because we've been away, but we're not away anymore because we're back. And mate, do you know who's not back with us? Who's not back with us? Manuel, Yogi, Mesut, uh, Tony. <laughs> uh, there's some others. Uh, Sebastian, he's gone. Thomas, he's, gone. he's, not, he's not with us either. No uh, more Thomas. No more Thomas. Uh, and um, mate, I Where can't say that I'm sad. I don't know. Where have they gone, mate? That's what Where? we should start now. Someone let us know where the entire Germany squad is now. Because right, I don't think they've gone to Germany. Time. Right? <laughs> I mean, if I'm Tony Cruz, I'm back to Madrid. Like, you know, you yes. must, must be, you, everyone's had that, right? That awkward moment after you've lost the football match or, you know, I know you've had some big presentation or something in your life has gone wrong. And everyone's kind of sheepish and kicking around the dressing room afterwards. And at some point, someone goes, oh, I'll see you at the pub tomorrow then. Or like... <laughs> Are you going home? I reckon at some point, like, and I think it was almost definitely Timo Werner who said it because, you know, he's kind of young and keen. So I should imagine Timo just went, all right, lads, so uh, we're going back to Germany, is it? And then Jerome Boateng went, fuck off. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Ibiza for me, I think. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Ibiza, yeah. Thomas, Thomas Muller's down, out of, off down Ibiza with his pull-up socks that come up to his knees. Because <laughs> they've had a long season anyway, so they'd want to be going for a holiday. They haven't had time for a holiday. Yeah. So, I mean, some of them, fair enough, are going to be going home with them or, or going on holiday with the missus and the kids and stuff. But, uh, you know, there's a few singles in there. They probably thought, you know, they got into the dressing room and thought, all right, where's a, where's a, you know, a good place to go to? Or should she just go on, a, go on a cruise? That might not be a bad idea, actually. Get on a cruise. Right. <laughs> a, 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 yeah, a, not, not cruise, not him. Uh, but, like, you know, get on a boat, just the German squad, you know, and get out into the middle of the Atlantic somewhere, you know, and, uh, and party. You know, and uh, like only the Germans can. Mate, we have we're so excited about talking about the fact that the we're um that the Germans have gone out that we've uh, forgotten to mention that this is the Born Offside podcast. You can follow us at oh. Offside Born on Twitter and indeed at Born Offside Pod on Facebook. Uh, sorry for that rude interruption. Back to reveling in the fact that Germany are no longer in the World Cup. <laughs> Mate, what yeah. was your favorite bit? I mean, because not only did they go out, right? Not only did they go out. They were half out during the Sweden game, then back in. I was convinced they were going to win the whole thing. Then they were out again, and then they were spectacularly out. I mean, Manuel Neuer, oh, mate, I think that's my favorite moment of the World Cup. And I, for one, was looking at my team and I was just shouting, tackle him, tackle him, he's a keeper. (laughs) And then someone did, and then just whacked it. And as soon as the ball was whacked, I knew from watching the rest of the game that Sonny was going to get that ball because he'd kind of given up, Sonningman, if you look at him. He'd kind mm. of had like 15 shots on goal. And like I said, like in the Premier League, Sonny can play 65 minutes and he gets hooked all the time. Yep. So he's not used to being into the 96th minute of a match. So I knew he would be in and around the halfway line because there's no way he was coming back. But as <laughs> soon as that ball got whacked, I was like, Sonny's onto that. Sonny will find the energy to get onto that. Off he goes. Well, did you see his face when he was running for the ball? It was, it was, there was a slight grimace, but there was also a little hint of a smile because he knew he was going to get to it as well. Mate, it, it was one of those dark. wonderful moments where everyone knows it's going to be a goal. Like, ah, we all yes. know that it's going to be a goal. And you're just waiting for it to be a goal. My favorite bit is the South Korean subs on, on the left-hand side of the pitch. <laughs> they're running with him. That's <laughs> like, right. That's right. Too. And then they're like, kick it in, Sonny, kick it in. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> it was a very, very beautiful moment. Uh, it, was, uh, it was really rather incredible, actually. Just, um, I, I, I was just holding on thinking, don't miss it. You know, whatever you do. So, like, because it's, it's falling on his left foot. 
he's a right footed player. If it was me, I would have controlled it with the outside of my right foot and just brought it in a little bit. And then yeah. he finished it with my right foot. You know, I don't think I would have gone in at it with my left foot because he'd just run, uh, uh, you know, half the pitch, you know, to get to it. And you know, when you run like that, especially after 90 odd minutes, you know, you're, you're shattered. There's a chance that you can miscue it. Can you imagine if he <laughs> oh, hit the post or the side netting, you know, it would have been, I mean, it, it wouldn't have mattered too much, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, because they were already going out and it was already one nil, but, but uh, uh, yeah, no, this mate, was the ice on the cake, I think it really was. Oh, it was beautiful. But mate, never write off the Germans. What I would have done in that situation is had a touch, bring it into the middle of the goal, put it on the goal line, and then ask the ref how much time was left. Because I think <laughs> there was still a good three minutes. So I would have, you know, had a cut into those three minutes, you know, taking a chunk of that out. Because you'd never write off the Germans, mate. Even at 2-0, I was like, how much overtime is left here? Because they've signaled six. We've had a goal. We've had a VAR. We could be here for another 20 minutes. Germans can score 12 in 20 minutes. And, and they had another two, two chances, I think, didn't they? I think it was, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it was Royce or, uh, or Hummels had another header. And uh, uh, they had another shot as well. So, yeah, there were, in the end, there was at least time to get two more. Uh, but I think, uh, yeah, it was... Uh, Oh man, it was you know the Koreans have just had defended so stoutly uh, uh, for so long that uh, you know to me it was just something that was um, that was unbelievable. It was a it was a great match. You know, it was a very very wonderful match to 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 watch. I, I you know I've said it on a few occasions beforehand. I'm not a a, a dislover of Germany, uh, but of course it's uh, it's something that's um, uh, that you know, you want to see the, some of the big guys fall so that the rest of your team is able to make it. So, um, and uh, Cho, Cho Hyun-woo, the goalkeeper, oh. I think was just, what, what a hero. What a hero. I mean, I, Burnley. I just, That's uh, where I reckon uh, it's going to end up. Burnley. It's going to be yeah, the Burnley bring, goalkeeper. Bring next. him in. Bring him in. And mate, did you see the, uh, did you see the uh, Mexicans uh, take the South Korean uh, ambassador uh, who was stationed in Russia out for tequilas outside yeah. the embassy as well? That was, that was just beautiful. And in typical Korean fashion, he just, he just one-shotted everything. It was fantastic. Yeah. It was yeah, just mate, great. I love that. I love that. Like, you're the Korean ambassador to Russia, right? Which, I don't know, for the most of the time you're there, it's a pretty dull job, I would have thought. Pretty much. And you must spend most, must spend most of the time going, please say something nice to North Korea. Please say something nice to North Korea. And then, <laughs> then you know, one day a bunch of Mexicans turn up outside the embassy singing songs with a bottle of tequila. I'll be like, fuck this, I'm off down there. Have a Wait, couple I wonder of if he's back up the office. Maybe he hates football and he wasn't even paying attention, you know, and he was just like, oh, screw it. You know, I know that there's a football World Cup on, but I'm, I've got work to do and stuff and everything. But then a bunch of Mexicans show up with some tequila outside his office. <laughs> He's like, ah, oh, yeah, hello. You know, that's the kind of I always knew this day would come. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm off. laughs> that's why I took on the job. You know, it's here. Thanks, mom. Uh, it, was it was a wonderful, joyous moment. And then there are some people who've been uh, saying that, England fans in particular taking joy in Germany going out is, you know, all about, you know, the Islander mentality. And, and, and I want to be clear about it. It's, it's not a hang up from the war. And anyone who's like, oh, of course, you know, the war, that, those people are stupid. The reason for my joy. Sorry, the sorry, there, there are some, just, there are some of them about though. Uh, unfortunately. There are, yes, yes. There are, there are, but those are idiots and we segregate ourselves from them. Right. Yes. The reason for my joy is this is the disruption of the known narrative, right? Gary Lineker has this famous quote. At the end, of, uh, football is a simple game played on a green field by 22 men. And at the end of 90 minutes, the Germans win. Yep. Right? That's no longer true. That's why I love this. It's, it's, for me, it's the same reason that I watch a Manchester United game or watched a lot of Manchester United games in the late 90s, early 2000s. You watch for them to lose, like, mm. and, and I think this is a thing that non-English people don't understand. Like, there, I see so many Manchester United shirts around, like in the Bay Area, and even when I lived in Budapest, and especially in Korea, they used to be everywhere. And mm. then as soon as people ask me, like, oh, Manchester United playing tonight, you want to win? I'm like, God, no. I absolutely want Luda Goretz to kill him. And they're like, why are you from Luda Goretz? I don't even know where Luda Goretz is. Are you from? No, I just hate those you know, it's it's tribal or, football to us. It, it's true. Or, or, or they had the, the, the question, but you're, and this one hated me. I, I hate it as well. But you're from England. Surely you like Man United. I'm like, oh my 
God. <laughs> God, no. God, no. So, yeah, I'm totally with you, totally with you, yeah. Mate, so um, as tempting as it would be to spend our entire podcast on <laughs> Yogi Low, um, I mean, we haven't got into even discussions about how arrogant Yogi Low is and where he's going to put his hands and all of that stuff. Um, we can probably sprinkle it into the rest of the podcast. Uh, a couple of other things that we've missed since we've been back, uh, and we obviously not there, we've missed six games, and we won't be able to go into all of them. But there was an England game um, that happened yesterday, which England lost. Yes. Uh, and uh, they lost it to Belgium's reserve team, although it was England's reserve team. England's reserve team, yeah. So the, the only thing that we concluded from this is that England's reserve team is worse than Belgium's reserve team. Quite um, a bit worse. <laughs> quite, yeah, quite a bit no? worse. But, but England's, you look at England's reserve team and then you look at Belgium's reserve team. So Belgium's reserve team has got, uh, uh, you know, people like Dembele and, and, and Nasser Chadli. Okay, Chadli, fair enough. He's not, he's not always blowing hot and cold. Janazai, who came strong. Uh, Vermaelen uh, Vermaelen was once upon a time a Vermaelen, very, very good Vermaelen, football player. Exactly. And then we had, we had you know, Fabian Delph. Uh, and uh, um, no disrespect to Rose, but Rose got a bit done. Actually, he was probably one of the ones who played the best, but he got done by Janazai with a, a beautiful piece. That was just skill. pure laziness. Like yeah. I've watched that back, and both Rose and Delph were really late. I mean, Delph—I thought Delph's attempt to block it was like something you see in a in a Wednesday night's five-a-side match in in the middle of Eastern yeah. Europe, like where everyone tries that whole split legs thing. And it, oh, yeah, it was lazy. It, it just it was, lazy. It was. It was. A, it was a nice finish. You know, it wasn't. It wasn't the best finish. It was. It was a bit of a, uh, yeah. I mean, he he, he tried it. I, I I like the trickery of it. I th- I thought he did Rose pretty pretty well. You know, yeah. uh, uh, you know, because he went one way, went one the other way. To be honest, if I was Rose, I would have done exactly the same thing. You know, I would have gone, oh god, <laughs> no, you've been over by the corner flag. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would have been wow. tripped over. <laughs> I would have done a little beat boy dance all the way to the, to the, to the corner flag. Um, you know, and that, and that would have been me. Uh, but yeah, no, it was, it was pretty embarrassing. I think someone, someone cracked an egg on Rose's head there and, uh, you know, and it, it was just, you know, that, that was just him. Uh, well, I thought, I thought for me, the standout performance, uh, for England was, uh, was once again, uh, our very own, uh, uh, floppy mannequin, uh, uh, uh Mr. Pickford. Uh, I thought Jordan Pickford was unbelievably flappy. And, and <laughs> no, you do know that. But his job description is not to be flappy. I was... It was amazing. I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. And now we know that we can rely on a wonderful goalkeeper who basically looks like, uh, you know, one of those uh, 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 sort of uh, 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 stuffed, it's like a very old and, and sort of like stuffed kind of doll or bear, you know, that you give to, 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 to your kids when you're very, very young, you know, and they pull one eye out, you know, and then it's, uh, you know, you've, you've got him there and he's just kind of flapping in the wind. And then like you grab it that and then you chuck it, right? And you chuck it and that is Jordan Pickford. Uh, so so that, that, that is what I thought of his performance. I thought he was just, oh God. I, Mate, I, I, I have to say, I think he's. I think his two best saves of the tournament. Unfortunately, the ball wasn't going in the goal when he made them. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, absolutely. I think. Uh, <coughs> I think. I think England have to be. England have to be a bit worried. Uh, actually, by the way, Pickford is uh, is going. Uh, the, the best thing he's got going for him is that massive kick he's got that he can. He know, is, if, his distribution is really good. I well, mean, I can see what. He can smack it. Uh, well, no, he also plays the right pass if you look quite a lot, and he's very comfortable on the ball. I mean, and he's a lot, lot better on the ball than the alternatives of Nick Pope and Tom Heaton and even Butler. So. Like, and I, I'm fine with that selection. He's not the best keeper in the world, but I mm. think he's the best that we have. He's a lot better than Joe Hart, and his distribution is, I think, quite a long way better than any of the other choices so oh, mate. Yeah, yeah no, no. I'm, I'm i'm totally with you and and once again hallelujah thank god that sam allardyce isn't around because otherwise tom hart would have uh, tom hart yeah tom uh, hart tom heaton tom and joe hart would have been in it together. together we still would have conceded that <laughs> like goal blip body 
yeah yeah no 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 for sure for sure it's just that i'm just i'm just worried about him that's all i'm just worried about him uh, uh you know he got another run out whereas you know we we made what eight nine changes or something uh, or, or even more yeah. um i think know, so it was yeah i think the player who had the best game for england was jordan henderson because he didn't play and dyer looked rubbish yeah I thought, I thought like i mean and i'm a tottenham fan and eric eric dyer plays for tottenham and um it's, it's interesting because he only got put into central midfield because we'd run out of other players in central midfield. And if you read the Pochettino's book, um, which is a, like a diary of a season at Tottenham, Pochettino states quite a few times that Dyer eventually will be a centre-back. He's not mobile enough to be a midfielder. Mm. Uh, but his reading of the game is very good. And his distribution is good. But he's just not quick enough around the field to be... Uh, a defensive midfielder and I would completely agree with it and I thought I thought if Henderson's performance in those first two games now watching Dyer's really stands out I mean Dyer can put those long balls over the top for Ali and we we saw it like the the game against Chelsea but Henderson's just got a lot more energy in the middle for me so that's right does yes oh it's sad to think that henderson is our standout central midfielder uh, uh for this um, Mate, he played in the champions league final henderson i think henderson is a little bit underrated he, he does run funny i think that's what puts a lot of people off i think alex ferguson publicly <laughs> said yeah, he did. Yeah, ever since Ferguson said it, I, I can't get it out of my uh, out of my head. So his chest, pa- pa- you know, comes out a bit too much, isn't it? Basically, like a pigeon. Yes. So, uh, so he runs like he runs like a pigeon. We all know pigeons can fly. So just fly, baby pigeon, fly. <laughs> just fly, Hendo. Hendo. Come on, Hendo. Go. <laughs> Mate, yeah, so no, I- the other the other thing about it was that I really, really hate with a passion, this feeling like we were better coming off second because then we'll have an easier quarterfinal. Yeah, Mate, no. we're England. Do you know how many knockout games we've won in the World Cup? So let's look. <laughs> the last one we didn't get to the knockout. Then in 2010, Germany whooped our ass. Uh, 2006, we managed to beat Ecuador on a scrapped, scrappy David Beckham goal and then got put out by Portugal. Uh, 2002, we managed to beat a very bad Denmark side. Admittedly, we win 3-0, even Emil Heskey scored. So, well, I mean, going back to 1990, we've won two or three knockout games in the World Cup. Who on earth are we to think that we're suddenly just going to waltz past Colombia or even Japan, who was the, the alternative? So mm. I was sat there going, this is not good. We should try to play Japan. Japan are, uh, uh, in the FIFA rankings are even lower than... Uh, Panama were. Colombia yeah. are a good team. Colombia have like James Rodriguez who would, you know, I mean, how many Colombians would get into the England team? So not, mm. the, not the keeper. I don't rate the keeper at all. The two centre-backs probably would. Uh, yeah, well, look, uh, the, the, the two centre-backs are, are, are extremely highly rated uh, at the moment. And they're, they're um, you know, two of the youngest uh, centre backs of them. I think they've just come out of the under twenty, under twenty threes champions. Is uh, Mina and uh, and uh, Davinson Sanchez? You know, so like, uh, look, there's to, to me. I think those two probably would, and we'll we'll be seeing a lot of them in in the coming years as well. Uh, but yeah, but it's it's not only their defence, mate. It's you know, like like you you've said it on a few occasions. It's their it's that front line. You know, that front line is just scary. You know, Iscardo yeah. is coming into it his own. I mean, uh, Quadrado is is beautiful. That three nil win, you know, was absolutely beautiful. You know, it really was. And uh, and I, something about that that three nil win. You know, when you look at the crowd, you know, and you look at the people, and you look at the celebrations, you look at everything, and you you think like. Jesus, playing against them would be scary. You know, if I was mm. in the crowd watching my team play against play, play against Colombia with that kind of support in the background, yeah, I'd I'd be scared. You know, because to me, it looks like they have got the wind in their sails and they are flying high. You know, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a really tough one. I'm with you. It probably would have been better playing Japan and then hoping that Mexico beat Brazil. And uh, you know, which uh, Mate, which a quarter final against Brazil. A quarterfinal against Brazil in the World hey, Cup. That's enough. Well, that's well, enough. Like, that, honestly, yeah. I don't kind of rather have a quarterfinal against Brazil than than we're looking at Sweden or Switzerland. If 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 yeah. if if we make it through, mate, Sweden Switzerland. That's going to be such a dull game. 
It is. Like, it's it's going to be, be and... horribly boring, and probably we'd lose it on penalties. I'd rather go out to Brazil 8-0. I really would. Yeah, like, look, it's... You know, you know, one of the things that the World Cup has brought up so much is, is surprises. We've seen surprises. Um, we, we see surprises in every World Cup, fair enough, but not as dramatic as these ones. I don't know whether or not, I've been thinking about this a lot recently. I don't know whether I'm, I'm investing more personally in this World Cup than I have in, in previous World Cups, uh, whether this podcast is helping or not, or whether, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't think it is uh, totally, totally to do with that. I think it was, for me personally, Portugal having won the Euros has, has has bolstered my love for uh, for Portugal and so therefore I've emotionally invested a lot more in this World Cup and now I'm having a look around at all of these uh, uh, all of these matches that are going on and yes we've got uh, the usual suspects of, of Argentina and Brazil and uh, and France are through and Spain are through uh, you know but Germany are out you know that is a huge shock an absolutely huge shock and not one that anybody would have predicted uh, beforehand. And there have been some shocking uh, uh, results as well, especially with Argentina uh, uh, and even with Brazil being held in, in their first game as well. Um, and I'm going to go for a shock in the round of, in, 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 the, in the last 16, and I'm going to call Mexico beating Brazil. Now, I know that... I know that we're early. I know that we're early, and I'm I'm going to be rooting for Brazil because I want Brazil to get through because of beautiful football and because the the brotherhood and connection between Portugal and Brazil. Um, but 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 I just I just have this feeling. I just have this feeling that everyone like a lot of the games are going to go the way that 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 people predict them, but. Um, with, with the closest call, by the way, being Uruguay Portugal, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but I think I think the 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 the, the one shock that we're going to have is is Brazil are going to be knocked out against Mexico, and if that was the case, then England would have played against Japan, and then we would have played against Mexico in the quarterfinals. And May, uh, yeah, yeah, I think I would I was much more worried about the next game rather than two games in because let's face it, Japan, mate, are only in this tournament because they're slightly politer than Senegal. No, yes. Let's talk a little bit about that. That beautiful, uh, uh, <laughs> that that beautiful match, which took us back to Gijon, 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 beautiful days of Donkey Gijon, um, which of course was was the very famous match, uh, which basically made and, and changed the format of the World Cup forever, so that all the matches were played at uh, at the same time. Now Japan have managed to find. Uh, a, a little uh, a glitch in this matrix, and uh, they've they've managed to to, to realise that uh, uh, because of the aid of radio telecommunication, they can find out what's going on in the other game, and they can adjust their play towards it. So, so what they did in the last ten to fifteen minutes was, um. Well, quite embarrassing for the world of football. Really, it was uh, very very embarrassing. Japan base basically decided that they weren't going to attack. Right. They just decided yeah. that they're just going to sit and defend. Poland were happy to sit back with their 1-0 win because they were going to go home pretty, you know, they, they've had a abysmal World Cup anyway. So going home with a win is, you know, is okay. Uh, they didn't want it, really want to go up and risk losing their match by being hit on the, on the break. Um, although I wish they had, you know, I think it would have been, you know, much more interesting. And, and they may, may have even got a second and a third and a fourth because the Japanese didn't want to tackle anyone. Um, but yeah, they decided just to pass the ball around amongst themselves and nobody tackled anyone. Yeah, I don't know what you can do about it, mate, really. Like, other than maybe just shut off communication between... But you can't do that. You can't turn off everyone's phone in the stadium. No. I, I, just, no. I just think it's one of those things. Uh, I mean, and if Senegal feel hard done by, they should have scored another goal. Because if they'd scored an, a goal, they would have, they would have been back, back on for going through, right? Because they lost 1-0. Right. Right. So, I mean... Yeah. I mean, if, I, if that happened to England, like that we got through on fair play, I would have been loving it. But if we'd gone out on fair play, I would have been mentally, apocalyptically angry. <laughs> but like two, three days later, like, well, if we'd scored a goal, we would have been fine. So, yeah, I don't know what you can do about it. Like other than play the games at the same time, there's not really anything. Um, yeah, it's just not, one of those yeah. things. Yeah, really, really not very much. Uh, you're right. Uh, and I, I felt for Senegal. I really did. And, and 
you know, it's 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 pushed for calls of uh, uh, changing, uh, you know, African football system now and everything because it's the first time in in I don't know how many years that an African nation hasn't made it past the past the first round. So um, and it's 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 sad because it would have been nice to see Senegal. Uh, or, or any of uh, you know the, the African nations at least make it through. Um, now it's a, a pure South yeah. African European fest, basically. Uh, I, don't, oh, I don't. Yes, I, I don't know. I don't know. This, you're right. All of these people like calling for the Africa. Africa's an entire continent. Continent. Sorry. If like if there were no European teams in there, would we expect UEFA to do something about it? Like, no, not really. Come on, like, <laughs> you can't go. All right, Africa, get your get your act together. Like, and Africa's gonna go. You're right. We are one country. Off we go. Like, it's no. Come on, it's well, like. But Didier Drogba has come out and already started complaining and saying that this is the worst that Africa, you know, the the worst state that African football has been in for the last thirty odd years. And you know, uh, he would say that obviously because he was involved in a in a golden age, wasn't he? In a golden era where they had you know a, a whole heap of amazing football players, uh, and they got you know as far as 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 Roger Miller would let them get far. Ah, oh, Roger Miller. Oh mate, how old was Roger Miller really? Now, ah, indeed. And how old is he now? And uh, where is he? 50-something, I'm sure. No, Please. no, hang on. He was 40 in 1990, so he must be... Mate, we cannot do mathematics. If anyone, if anyone out there knows where Roger Miller is, please and post a photo. And how old he is. Yeah, and how old he is. Please post a photo of uh, his most recent photo uh, that you might know of. <laughs> where is Roger Miller? All right, because we just really want to know where he is. Ooh, uh, Roger Miller. <laughs> Look, the only thing that I, I enjoyed about the Japan uh, uh, thing was uh, uh, was seeing Okazaki run around again. You know, it's oh, just so nice. I just lovely. love it. He's 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 obviously got no brain, you know, and he's just a chicken, you know, that has been told to get on there and just run. And it's fantastic. I love watching him. It's just so much fun. And he, he like you said, he plays with that big smile of the, the, of, on his face. So, you know, it's a bit like being at a restaurant and going, Gasso, more Okazaki, please. You know, because that's exactly what I want in the next round. More Okazaki. Let's see if Okazaki can do something on Courtois. You know, maybe, uh, I don't know, you know, rub his body up against him or something and then score a goal. Uh, let's, uh, I'm not sure if you'd be into that, but, you know, some would. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, huh. Cool. I yeah. I want some notes. Mate, uh, I think we've, uh, we've reviewed everything that we're honestly going to review. I mean, we could, we could do a whole bunch yep. more, but... Uh, what we're already looking forward to is how you're feeling about tomorrow. So we'll be back in a little while and we will preview Saturday's round of fixtures. My rubber. V A R. Yeah. 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 What is it good for? Absolutely nothing. Say it again. Oh wait. Yes it is. One last time everyone. Goodbye, Germany. Goodbye. Astla Vista, baby. Goodbye. And we're back, and we're back with part two. It's a it's a short pod because we've only got two parts. Uh, our lackadaisical review that fo- focused mostly on the whereabouts of Timo Werner and Yogi Love and Roger Miller. And now we're into part two, and it's all about the preview, t- mate, tomorrow. Have you ever known, like, Sky Sports has Super Sunday. This is sure. sensational Saturday. It I is, mean, it is. Look, and, and, and before we go, oh, sorry, just before we go, I just, I, I just forgot to sort of mention uh, 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 our usual feature as well of, of who played worse than Jesse Lingard. Uh, uh, just very quickly, just going back, I'd like to say the whole of the England squad. Yes, yes. Yes, thank you. Th- All right, yes, okay. Yeah, yeah. Established. Jesse Lingard, it, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> in this position. Anyway, we'll get on to that when we preview england Colombia. Mate, we back to Saturday. Saturday's huge. All right. Proper World Cup games. We've got France versus Argentina. All right, it's kind of a watered-down version of Argentina. But you know what? It's Maradona will be there. Sampaoli might be there. Like, it's going to be fun. And then the French are going to have to turn up, mate. But They are, yes. 
yeah, uh, the, the, you know, the, the greasy man, yeah, himself is, is going to have to do something. And I think, uh, you know, we've, we've, seen, we've seen Griezmann show up for, for, for these matches in the past as well, whereby he stays a little bit quiet for, for a lot of the matches coming up. And then he shows up for the big ones, you know, he shows up for the big ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen it for Atletico Madrid on quite a few occasions uh, in the past. So can he do it now for this game? I think that's... Uh, the that's thing with this game is, is for, as far as Argentina are concerned, is can Messi do it? But for France, it's can Griezmann or Mbappe or Dembele or Pogba or Conte or like one of them, can they do it? And I think what might happen to France is that none of them do it. And then they get back in the dressing room and they were all like, I thought, uh, I thought Paul was going to do it. No? But I thought no? you were going to do it. No. No, no Antoine, 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 you told me that uh, the Ngolo uh, was going to do it. Ngolo is just running. He doesn't do any scoring. He just run, 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 run. And Untiti, you said you're going to use your hand again. What are you doing? Well, ah. yeah. yeah. Yes. Now, I, I, I'm with you. Yeah, but, but I reckon, I reckon. <laughs> Mate, Giroud. Oh, please don't play Giroud. I hate watching Giroud. Well, who else are they going to play? You know, they haven't got anyone else who they, you know, they haven't got another stanchion up front, which they need to, to place Keep that up ball there. on the floor. Find Gignac. Where's Gignac? I love Gignac. Gignac. Wow. He was a unit. Ugly bastard. Giroud is just, uh, Giroud's too pretty to be a, to be a frontline striker. <laughs> He needs, he needs a bit of a Ribéry face, doesn't he? Then oh, maybe. Ribéry! Oh, Ribéry. Mate, it was like watching Quasimodo on the football, mate. Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> Just wonderful. I, I really enjoyed Frank Ribéry. What I, like, what I love about Frank Ribéry, and I, and I like that we're spending a good portion of previewing France Argentina by talking about a player who's no longer in the France squad. But uh, <laughs> what I really loved about Frank Ribéry this season was that you know, usually when a player gets to what? How old is Ribéry now? 35, 36? 30, yeah, well, 30, 33, 34, I think, isn't he? Oh, oh yeah, well, maybe 35, 36. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually when you get to that age, you, you, you drop back or maybe you go into central midfield and Ribéry is clearly like, no, I'm a winger. And someone might have tried to tell him, Frank, you're not quick enough anymore. No, I'm a winger. And he's like, okay, whatever. And he like he insists on playing on the wing still. Like, and it's very true plays the way he was when he was 22 and he was coming through and we're all excited about him. Anyway, mate, getting back to this game, is there any way Argentina can do this? Because I don't think there is. Because I think I France don't... won't even need to play all that well to win. Yeah, look, it's... Uh, it... I think uh, I think that the game against Nigeria was a bit of a fake kind of uh, uh, you know uh, blow there on that one. Somebody somebody thought you know let's let's light light a bit of a firework and see how far it goes. But but the problem is that fireworks landed in in the other fireworks, and now all the other fireworks are going to start going off, and it's just going to be a mess. Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm t- I'm. Uh, I, <sighs> As much as, again, you know, it would be nice to see Messi, you know, know, that goal that he scored was so beautiful. And it would be nice to see him do a little bit more of that uh, before he goes, because eventually I want him to go. Uh, So, but I, I don't think so. I think France will start to get strong now uh, at this part of the uh, this part of the tournament they'll really believe I know all of them will really believe that they can do it everyone I think everyone in the draw now thinks that they can win uh, and um, if we just have a, a quick look at some of the other games uh, as well you know Brazil and Mexico uh, Belgium Japan you know uh, Spain uh, against Russia, they'll fancy their chances. Now, Croatia, everyone's talking about Croatia being the best. Sweden and Switzerland, okay, fair enough, you know. But still, they'll still believe, you know, with with the the fact that they're in that side of the draw. England and Colombia, they've got this quiet feeling that they might be able. Everyone's thinking about that final, you know. Everyone's thinking about getting to the final, you know. It's it's just something that naturally happens to to supporters from every country anyway, and I think. It'll happen to all the players uh, as well. And this is where the manager becomes extremely important. Can you harbour that? Can you start to make them believe? And uh, uh, I think the, the, the Portuguese players all came out of the Euros uh, are talking very, very much about what Fernando Santos did. Once they were through the group stages, all Fernando Santos talked about and he talked about it publicly as well, but quietly in, pub- in public, uh, but also to all the football players was... We're not going home 
until uh, wh whatever the day was. Like if, for the finals here, it would be 15th of July. So we're not going home until the 15th of July. And <laughs> I've booked the Airbnbs, lads. Sorry, we can't get out of it. It's yeah, we're not, yeah, <laughs> totally. We're booked. We're booked all the way here. We're not going home until then. And I think, you know, it, it, what that does is it takes, it, it grabs the players the players who already have that belief in themselves that you know for for France anyway it'll be Pogba and 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 Griezmann it doesn't take much to to make them believe that they can do it they'll instantly believe it and they'll be like oh okay yeah we can but what it does is it starts to bring out all the other players that the fringe players who who didn't think that they could could win it who suddenly will believe they can win it because they've got a team that can win it and I think France have a lot of individuals who will believe young individuals Dembele and Mbappe for example as well who will believe that they can actually win this uh win this tournament and I think that will take them over the line with Argentina um and I'm gonna go for uh, me personally I'm gonna go for like a 3-1 win as well for, for for France I think they're gonna do it I think they're mate, gonna do it mate indulge me for just a moment just yep. just a moment and then, and then we'll move on to, on to part three but cast your mind back to 2006 so 2006, France in that tournament uh, in the group stage were terrible. Uh, I believe they drew their opening game 0-0 with Switzerland and then drew with Korea 1-0 uh, and then had to beat Togo with a couple of scrappy goals to get through. Mm. And they were in the last 16, they were up against the Spain side that um, two years later, we'll go on to, to dominate the world. But at that time, we're a very fancy team, had come through the group stage as well. Uh, yep. And indeed, at halftime in that game, we're 1-0 down to a David Villa penalty. And yep. at that point, Zidane, the best player in the world at the time, or, you know, yep. who was perhaps not anymore getting towards the end of his career, Zidane and the other very capable attacking players around him decided, you know what, let's play football. And they yep. won that game 3-1 and they went all the way to the final and they lost. Yeah. Mate, could yeah. France 2006 beat Argentina 2018? Like there's a, there's a coach in San Paolo uh, who like Dominic has no control over the players. There's a talented group around a central, very, 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 very good player. Uh, and they're coming up against a side who are up and coming. I don't, I don't know. Strain, we've had a direct correlation. Yes, again. True. Whereas with it, with uh, back in two thousand and six, it was all Zidane, of course, uh, uh, that pulled it through. Could it be Messi this time? Um, you know, I, I wouldn't. It's it's a tough game to call. Like on paper, like and if you if you put if you put all of uh, Argentina's woes uh, uh, behind them, and you put all of France's woes behind them, you look at this 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 match. This is not a la a round of sixteen match. This is not a last sixteen match. France versus Argentina is not the it's kind a of quarter final at least, isn't it? it? Is at least a quarter final, possibly a semi, and maybe even a final. Of course, it is. So we're we're being blessed here in the world of football. We are so being blessed by having this game, uh, because this game is uh, both teams have have un underwhelmed. You know, both teams have have struggled, and I think that uh, it, it, it's 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 the juicy game. It's a really really juicy game, and uh, certainly juicier than you know the likes of Belgium versus Japan, for example. I mean, I, I'm sorry, no disrespect to Belgium versus Japan. Well, actually, yeah, a lot of disrespect to Belgium. All the disrespect you can muster. Yeah, yeah. Right, why man, not? Let's let's not start previewing Belgium Japan. That's a while off. Uh, let's take a little bit of a break. Come back before we preview the main event. What a mess, Messi. What a mess. Can you do it? Or will it remain a messy mess, Messi? Messi? What do you think? A mess? That's good. See you on the other side. Um, we're back. Mate, I feel like before we preview this game, and indeed before this game kicks off, they yeah. should have that boxing announcer uh i forget his name but he should he should come in and go and now for tonight's main event portugal yes. like in the in the red corner a bunch of pruning My, bastards Michael, from Michael the there you go a bunch of preening yeah. bastards from the mediterranean one of whom has stamped somebody in the face and in the <laughs> blue corner the world's most hated team with a known cannibal Let's get ready to rumble. Like, that should be the introduction, because, mate, this is going to be a battle. Oh, mate. I, I, absolutely. Look, 
anybody who doesn't know anything about football, right? Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm pointing at my wife here at the moment, who's, uh, uh, she, you know, she texted me yesterday going, I'm with a friend who wants to know who's going to win the match, you know, and why, you know, not in that voice, but uh, um, uh, she, <coughs> I, I, I think anybody who understands anything about football knows what, what's going to be happening here. Uruguay versus Portugal is going to be, uh, it's going to, it's going to be filthy. It's going to be absolutely feel it's going to be dirty and i think everybody knows it you know because we're talking about two teams with a very with very short tempers and uh, uh both teams who are not able to control their players very well and who can just explode at any point in time yes. and uh it, it's it's just gonna it it's got all the ingredients for an absolute uh for, for absolute mayhem um I, I cast back to to the portugal versus uh uh holland match where we had a you know record-breaking amounts of, of of yellow cards and red cards and all that stuff what was weird about that game is that holland aren't really known as being a very dirty team well they and had Port- mark van bommel mark, mark uh, van bommel yeah. was well known for being a dirty bastard but yeah you're right That's the rest of the team not at all not at all and and portugal on the periphery you know they weren't that known and they they'd done a pretty clean tournament so far okay joan pinto tried to break someone's leg in 2002 and uh, you know there's a couple of little incidents here and there where portugal sort of flew off the handle but i think nobody really expected everything that was going on in that game but this game mate this game (laughs) oh mate it's so tasty i would i would find out the odds and i would make a bet on there being more red cards in 90 minutes than goals like I think we That's, could easily have three red cards in ninety minutes and only one goal. Easy. That is not not too bad. That's not too bad. I mean, this game is going to be played at, at Sochi. Right? Uh-huh. It's going to have a it's going to have a Mexican referee as well, oh. which is going to be <laughs> interesting. Mate, South, Central American referees do like a red. They do like a red. They very much do like a red. And uh, you know, it's <coughs> excuse me. It's it's going to be very very. Very, very interesting, I think, uh, uh, for this one, because it's just so hard to predict uh, as well. If we're going to go on, on, on predictions, um, I, I think that, uh, um, oh God, you know, and, and, and this is very, very hard for me because I'm, I'm going to go out with the lads tonight and I'm going to go and watch this sick, sick as a parrot anyway. And, you know, we, we, we're relying very heavily on, uh, on William Carvalho uh, uh, at the moment. He has been complaining a lot with fatigue uh, he ran more than anybody else in the last match against Iran. I don't know if anybody watched him. I, I saw that there was a couple of Twitter complaints about William Carvalho uh, uh, saying that he was playing the worst game that he'd ever played in his entire life um, in, in the first half of the Portugal versus Iran match. Now, for people that are not aware of what William Carvalho does, <laughs> William Carvalho doesn't, he's not there to play football. All right? <laughs> he's there to destroy football games that's what he's there to do like William Carvalho destroys football games now he doesn't only destroy football games for the opposition sometimes he destroys football games for Portugal as well so Portugal were were uh, they, they were accused of not attacking uh, with enough speed and uh, um, and not going forward quick enough and that was very true because William Car- the game was being played at William Carvalho's pace, which is basically snail's pace. So every single time he got the ball, he just slowed the game right down. And it was quite frustrating, actually, as a Portuguese fan as well, because you'd want to see it go forward. But that's not why he's there. You know, he's there to just completely destroy a football match and, uh, and, and, and make it extremely uncomfortable to to play in it and in the second half that's when he really came to because he destroyed uh iran and he didn't let iran uh, attack now he's he's coming he's complained he says he's very very tired if he uh if he if he's fit and if he's if he's ready to go and if he plays from the start and he if he has a good game uh, i i'm i'm gonna back portugal for this one um, not many people are backing Portugal, and I'll tell you why. That's because Portugal are not as good as Uruguay. So on paper, you look at Uruguay, and I think they pass the ball better, they keep the ball better, ball retention is great, their strike, their, their forward line is better, their back line is better. So why am I saying Portugal are going to win? You know, Mate, well, let's not get let's not get diver, diverged or into football, mate. This game is not about football. All right, this, okay. This game is about. I know where you going want to go. go. Who's going to kick each other more often? Who's going to dive better? Mate, mate this All is right. the ultimate test of VAR. 
I'm sorry, but if VAR gets through this game without any massive controversy, then it's in forever. Because if, if it can improve the quality of this game, of this match, mate, I th- honestly, I think extra time following a nil-nil is almost a certainty for this game. Yes. Like, almost yes, a certainty. I think the, the ball is going to hit the back of the net a grand total of three times, and all of those are going to be penalties in a penalty shootout. I'm not even expecting, you know, I'm expecting more penalties to be missed than scored in that shootout. Really, I am. It's going to be a war of complete attrition. I mean, yeah, someone like Suarez or Ronaldo could score a one goal, but it's going to be one from long range because they're not going to get to dribble through anyone because you're going to get kicked. Yeah. The moment you yeah. go past one, you're going to get kicked by the second one. I mean, it's very true. This is not a game that I think any striker would be happy in playing in. You know, I think it's, uh, uh, um, you know, Godin is, is going to be like a colossus around the back. You know, Ronaldo's just going to have have his hands full. He's not going to be able to do anything at all, I reckon. And Suarez, mate, I reckon Suarez might get sent off here, I think, in this game. I think Suarez might just get... This might be the tipping point for Suarez. Bet your your money now, Pepe or Suarez. Which one goes first? I think Suarez. I think Suarez goes first. But Pepe follows soon after. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There's going to be an incident where they both get sent off and and the ref is just going to go, oh, Suarez first. Right, now, Pepe. It's going to be... (laughs) 20 seconds, like, is the distance between their sending off. Mate, oh, it's, my goodness. It's not a game I, I encourage anyone who's kind of new to football. And so, you know, there'll be people who are watching football who have just got into it and they're loving this World Cup and they're liking the drama. And this, this isn't the game. Yep. No. Tune out. Definitely not. Don't bother no, with this one. Out. This is for the purist. This is for the person who likes <laughs> elbows and fights and scrapping around. And, and there'll be a lot of tension. I guarantee there'll be a lot of tension, but yeah, goals will be at a premium. I think Fernando Santos is going to sit down with Bernardo Silva tonight and go, Bernardo, this is not for you. This is not for you, mate. You're a lovely footballer. Like you've been spending the year with Pep Guardiola and you've been having a lovely time and and you can caress a ball and and you're bright and busy and you take it in, but you will get slaughtered. You're not coming out there. I want you to live. Bernardo. I do. I really Bernardo, do. Bernardo's parents are on the phone to Fernando Santos going, don't you let him out there. Don't Please you send don't. my boy out there. <laughs> I was just going to say, absolutely. Look, I've, I've spoken to your parents. I'm sorry. This is a, <laughs> we all this agree. Is a we all agree. This is a decision. Uh, this is a, a, a family decision. And I feel like I'm part of your family right now. Just can't. I can't play you. I'm sorry, buddy. I can't. can't send you out there, boy. <laughs> just, just go out. Just leave the, leave the room now, please. Thanks. Cor- Cor- what about Karez, man? <coughs> oh, no, he's, he's a gypsy. Oh, he can go. He's fine, mate. He's, he'll get stuck straight in. No, 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 no. He's, he's going to be part of the, uh, uh, part of that mix for sure. Uh, I, I, I would imagine that, uh, uh, we're, we're, you know, William Cavallo will be obviously a, a, again. I, you know, I mentioned it again, but he's going to be so, so important to this game. Uh, and uh, whether or not we will make it uh, through uh, against this against this extremely tough and rough team, it's all going to be down to uh, to William Carvalho. I'm 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 telling you, um, he needs to to be on song. But we've got uh, we've got some players out there who um, we've got. I've actually got a couple of players out there who I think need a kicking. Uh, and uh, <laughs> there's, there's, there's a couple of players now I'm, I'll be really happy for example if João Mario starts because he needs a kicking and well, to, get uh, him, I mean, to get him going do you mean he plays better get, once he's riled yes. up uh, yeah yeah absolutely or well <coughs> oh excuse me I'm not entirely sure actually I know he plays a good game of football and I know that he knows how to play and I'm not sure if a kicking is going to help, but for God's sake, we haven't been able to do anything else to wake him up. So get him out there. (laughs) Give him a kicking. Give him a kicking. See if that's going to help wake him up. Um, Now we've got, we've got Guerrero as well, who likes a good kick, you know, and whose, whose name is actually Guerrero in Portuguese means warrior. So he definitely has to be playing. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's, uh, you know, Cedric is, is, is in for a little bit, but you know, you got, you, you, you just look at that back line of, of Pepe and Font as well. And both of them are going to be up for it. They're both going to be wanting to, to, to give someone a good kicking. And, uh, uh, and I think it's going to be, William uh, and and Adrian maybe uh, uh, Adrian Silva uh, in the middle um, or, or just William sitting and 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 then it's just going to be like you know Portugal are just going to sit 
you know that that that, that that's just what's going to happen because because Uruguay are much are much better than. But than... it's going to be like um, it's going to be like Braveheart. Both teams are going to sit and like, uh, and it's just going to be someone going hold, 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 hold. hold. <laughs> no. Ninety minutes later, hold. <laughs> the ball's just in the ball's just in the middle, and no one's willing to go get it. Oh gosh, it's gonna it's gonna be crazy. Um, I'm very. Uh, yeah, no, that's just, it's just so, I'm, I'm very, very excited about this match. Um, I am very, very worried about this match um, because like, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, tomorrow, tomorrow morning, uh, when we set off on our podcasting adventures, I'm not going to be very, I'm not going to be very happy and I'm going to be sad. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just, uh, but you know, that's football, you know, we just got to deal with it and, and let it go, you know, and the party goes on. Uh, and we're just gonna we're just gonna have to see what uh, what happens. But uh, uh, I I can't see I can't see Portugal uh, uh, w- winning this game in like like you said in normal time. It's gonna go to extra time. It'll probably go to penalties unless there's some kind of freakish wonder Eder goal, you know, that comes in. But it could go it could go either way. It could be Eder or it could be you know Bentacor or something. You know, I, uh, it's just yeah. Um, hey, hey, I, I tell you now, whoever gets through this game, by the time they get to the quarterfinal, it's going to be ravaged. There's not going to be any ah. players. There's going to be people with one leg. Like, you know, it's going to be like the last scene in a war movie where they fought off everything and you think they're going to survive. And then like a bunch more people come in and you're just like, oh, God, we're done. <laughs> Mate, um, yeah, look, I, I don't really know what to say about, about this game. I mean, I, I've got plenty I could say about this game, but like, I just feel like you know just bring it on i don't know whether it's because i'm sick or not you know whatever you know but it's uh this game uruguay versus portugal i think is the the tightest of all the matches uh, apart possibly from from france argentina uh i guess in that sense but we could probably quite easily call all of the other games within a second or two uh, uh of the round of 16 we wouldn't have to think too much about all of them. Uh, I don't know if you want to do that. Do you want to do that? Should I just no, reel them off? And no, that's what the future podcasts are for. And mate, we've already right, okay. we've already been chatting away for an hour. Uh, ah, so- all right. Okay. All right. Well, let, let let me just finish off by saying, look, you know, with with the stuff that we were talking about, the draws, you know, about England on the easiest side uh, of the draw. If that's the case, then Portugal are on the on the hardest side of the draw. Now, if Portugal beat Uruguay, they then have to go and play against, let's just say, France, uh, which will be a rematch of the European Champions Championships final. And then, if if we beat if we beat France, we'd have to go and beat Brazil in the semi-finals. So just have spare thought. You know, for, for us, us lot in the top half of the table and you guys in the bottom half of the table, which have to, you know, deal with, uh, you know, with, with, with the teams which are a little bit of a slightly, again, no disrespect, but lowest, lowest standard, uh, let's just say. Uh, but it is, it is it's going to be, it's going to be uh, uh, really, really interesting. And I guess we'll, we'll start by, uh, you know, seeing, seeing what's going to be happening with the biting versus the diving tonight. You know, oh. So, uh, I cannot wait for me. It's going to be a great day. I'm going to sit in front of the TV. I'm going to a friend's house. We're going to watch it on the projector. We're going to eat food and drink beer all day. I'll probably be either hungover or completely non-understandable when we come to record tomorrow. But uh, deal with it. (laughs) I hope so. That'll be great. all right thank you very much everyone for listening as we mentioned we will be back tomorrow uh probably depressed and drunk um so you've got that to look forward to hey <laughs> Three, four.